Today's show is sponsored by Juniper Networks. Future belongs to the fast, and the cloud is where speed happens. In today's cloud-native world of microservices and containers, there's mounting pressure to deliver an excellent application experience. Enter Juniper Networks Contrail Networking, which orchestrates virtual networks and network services at the performance and scale required of the largest, most dynamic clouds. It's simple, open, and agile. Contrail Networking provides a consistent networking and security experience for multi-cluster deployments running in the environments that you care about in this open, cloud-native world. Don't just take their word for it. See how it's being used in the wild to scale network infrastructure beyond the data center and enable the next generation of enterprise and telco clouds. Check out juniper.net slash cloudcast to learn more. That's juniper.net slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Another Sunday perspective show, and hope everybody's doing well. Uh, you may be listening to this right after the holidays, or you may be listening to this you know, somewhere between November and December. But anyways, I hope you're doing well. Hope you get a chance to spend a little bit of time with some friends and family if, uh, if you are around a holiday season, depending on what part of the world you're in. This week we're going to do there's there's a uh, there's a thing uh, if you if you ever watched the show Seinfeld uh, Seinfeld was a sitcom for those of you that are younger uh, for those of you that are older you know sitcom uh, you know Seinfeld but there was a sitcom uh, you know TV show um, for those of you that remember TV shows you know a number of years ago uh, probably ended about ten years ago but uh, it had it had a Christmas episode or sort of a near Christmas episode and one of the things that they had was there was a grumpy family uh, as part of the part of the, uh, the show. And they had something called, they called Festivus. And as part of Festivus, they had an airing of grievances. And, you know, there's part of me that's been watching kind of what's been going on a lot lately. And it feels like all of a sudden, uh, and I know for those who sort of live in the, whether it's the crypto world or the metaverse and gaming world or Web3 world, whatever, if you're, if you're sort of living in that space now and somebody comes along and says, boy, it seems like there's a lot of talk about that lately. You go, yeah, I've been doing that for five years or whatever. But you know, it really feels like with the amount of funding that's been happening around that space uh, and, you know, Facebook announcing they're changing their name to Meta and Microsoft dedicating a whole bunch of time during their recent uh, conference uh, talking about the metaverse. And, you know, obviously there's a ton of funding around crypto and all these things around Web3. Um, you know, I, there's a part of me that felt like, boy, we, we need a festivus. We need an airing of grievances around this thing. And what I want to try and do is is dive in a little bit uh, once we go past the break um, to sort of talk a little bit about the metaverse at a high level, sort of this Web3 metaverse stuff. Um, I'll give you some background. I sort of actually lived in this place, space about 15 years ago, about 10, about 10 years ago, maybe closer to 15 years ago. Um, and I don't want to take it as a as an angry man yells at the metaverse. I know I use that as the title of the show. Uh, it's kind of in, in joking. Um, but you know, I kind of want to talk a little bit about what we learned back then. Um, and obviously, a lot has changed in the last 10, 15 years in terms of the devices that are available to us, uh, the habits that we have, the way that we are connected to people and all these other things like social media and other stuff. And I thought it was sort of interesting to sort of dive into, you know, where are we in this thing that's going to be talked about as, as the metaverse? Where does it tie into Web3? Where does it tie into other types of technologies that people are talking about as the next generation internet? And what lessons we can learn from the last time that we tried this, right? I, I know some of you have heard me say before, sort of Gracely's theorem that there are there are no new ideas. There's just uh, faster, faster bandwidth and cheaper, um, you know, more powerful CPUs. And to a certain extent, that's 
part of what's driven this. Um, part of it's you know frustration with the uh, the existing internet in terms of certain things the way they work. Um, and so I'm going to spend spend some time uh, you know after the break really kind of looking at you know how do we get to where we are uh, with this whole metaverse thing that's going on? Uh, will it impact you? Will it not impact you? How should you sort of look at it? How should you learn about it? And sort of dive into all those things. And we'll do that right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by Datadog. Datadog is the monitoring, security, and analytics platform for developers, IT operations teams, security engineers, and business users in the cloud age. Their SaaS platform integrates and automates infrastructure monitoring, APM, and log management to provide unified, real-time observability of their customers' entire technology stack. Datadog is used by organizations of all sizes and across a wide range of industries to enable digital transformation and cloud migration, drive collaboration among teams, accelerate time to market, reduce MTTR, and track key business metrics. Give Datadog a try with a free 14-day trial. Listeners will also receive a free Datadog t-shirt. Visit datadog.com slash cloudcast. That's datadog.com slash cloudcast. And we're back. And, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to kind of blur together. I guess we're going to we're gonna talk about this concept of metaverse. Uh, we're going to kind of blur it together with the other kind of big things that are mentioned in this. It's, it's you know, it's weird. There's, there's a lot of talk these days um, uh, about what the next generation of the internet is going to look like. And there's sort of this taxonomy of it. And it's a bunch of words that, that all get thrown together. Sometimes, sometimes they're individual, but a lot of times they're, they're kind of mashed together and they sort of fall under this category of what people call web three. Um, you know, if you think about it again, um, you know, some of you that listen to the show have listened for a long time and you, you sort of know that we, we appreciate some historical context. Those of you that are newer to the show or maybe even newer to the technology space, some of this stuff um, may not seem at all relevant to you, but we, we sort of bring it up because there's always evolutions and it's important to sometimes, at least in our opinion, having lived through some of these things, um, sort of see trends because sometimes uh, the same mistakes happen over and over again. In other cases, things are brand new and it's, it's really amazing to be part of them. So if we think about sort of the hierarchy of things, uh, Web1 was all about um, you know, taking a lot of information and putting it online to be reachable by anybody in the world that had a web browser, right? So, um, you know, everything from kind of all the world's information, you know, kind of the Google approach to things to, uh, you know, books and magazines and newspapers and, uh, you know, eventually video and uh, people being able to do blogs and, and all sorts of things was really sort of web 1.0. It was all about information being readily available on your computer. Web 2.0 was very much about, you know, bringing together uh, a place where people could interact uh, on there, right? So it wasn't just information, it was all of the social things that sort of happened, right? So it was Twitter and Facebook and MySpace and AOL, you know, chat groups and, you know, ways to interact with not only information on the internet, but also people on the internet. Um, And obviously, Along with that came, um, you know, lots of other things that, that had to facilitate that so people felt comfortable with it, right? The idea that you were going to make payments over the internet. Um, you know, it's, there, there's an old running joke that, you know, uh, your, your parents always sort of told you, you know, don't get in a car with strangers. And then the internet came along and we said, hey, don't put your credit card online. And now, you know, you have things like Uber where you put your credit card online and then just randomly call the internet and tell you a stranger to come pick you up. 
a lot of those evolutions as to how do we got to a place where people felt comfortable using these technologies and they found value in them. Um, a lot of that happened in the sort of uh, you know Web 2.0 era, and we still haven't got a lot of things right. Um, there's still a lot of concerns about privacy. There's still a lot of problems in terms of storing data and what people you know what companies do with data and you know how you identify yourself and all sorts of things like that. But that's sort of that evolution. And the third evolution, uh, at least that's beginning to sort of emerge, and we'll see if this is how it actually emerges, is this thing they call Web 3.0. And Web 3.0 is really kind of, you know, like most things in tech, they aren't necessarily brand new ideas, they're evolutions of things. And sometimes they're evolutions of things that failed 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? And I I bring that up, and I'll talk about my sort of journey down this path uh, a little bit later in the show. But Web3, really, you'll hear a number of things talked about, right? The first one is um, it becomes much more of a you know very digital experience, right? Web 2.0 was still sort of this combination of sort of physical experience meets digital experience, online experience meets real life experience. Uh, Web 3.0 is really intended to sort of be this very very immersive um, you know digital experience, right? And for a lot of people. The way that may have gotten started was um, a gaming uh, environment, some sort of uh, you know immersive gaming environment, a, a Roblox, a uh, Fortnite, uh, something along those lines. Whatever sort of you know online world you have, um, it may have been uh, just you know the 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 way that you do things with AR or VR, you know, with like VR goggles or something along those lines. So something in which. You're like, hey, I'm living in a digital world, and living might be a temporary thing, uh, might be a you know a longer term thing, whatever it might be. The second piece of it uh, really ends up being around um, sort of the next generation of, of social. What's on there, you know, like what we've we've sort of have social networks. They feel very uh, sort of text based. You know, what does the things that we've learned or you know good or bad uh, mean in terms of bringing social group interactions community finding other people into these sort of immersive worlds right so so sort of bringing social into these immersive worlds they tend to call the immersive worlds metaverse although you know in many cases they're just you know immersive worlds around gaming and so forth and then the third piece that that really gets a lot of attention and is really kind of confusing to people is the idea of how do we have transactional things happen um, in these worlds? And, and this is really where, you know, you have some things that tend to fall into what we call crypto. Um, and crypto by itself could be, you know, cryptocurrencies, right? All the, the buzz and the hype around Ethereum and blockchain and, uh, you know, Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff. But it could also be, look, you know, in any world that we live in, there are going to be some sort of uh, transactions that happen, whether you are, you know, buying digital goods, you know, an avatar, clothing, whatever it might be, points or or powers or something like that. Um, but it's also, you know, looking at how can we, you know, if those tra- if those transactions are an embedded part of what we do, um, you know, and and this digital world may not necessarily require all the limitations or all the restrictions or maybe even all the laws that you know we're, we were bound to in kind of the physical world that we brought with Web 1.0 and 1.2.0, um, do we have the opportunity to rethink what those transactions look like, who's involved with those transactions? And this is where you see, um, you know, kind of the this intersection of, <clears throat> you know, crypto, uh, this, this thing where crypto is this decentralized way of, you know, transacting things. There's also some sort of, I'll call it monetary, but you know, whatever um, value creation thing. And then how do you, how do we represent that? How do we make those transactions? Um, How do we get the actual 
quote unquote money or coins or whatever it might be. Um, you know, so that's that's sort of the third piece of this is is that that crypto piece in terms of, you know, how will we do these transactions and interactions and stuff that have, that that have to create some sort of value, represent the value, store the value, all those sort of things. So what I kind of want to focus mostly on today is is sort of the the metaverse piece of it. And the reason I want to do that is because uh, at least in my experience, um, if I go back, I'm going to go back 15 years, back to 2006-ish time frame, 2005, 2006-ish time frame, um, actually going all the way up to like seven, eight, and nine, and so forth. Um, you know, we 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 uh, the collective we, the internet, uh, tried to do this, and and there was a lot of buzz around something called Second Life. And Second Life was this idea of a metaverse. Uh, it was a virtual world. Uh, you logged in with your computer. This was pre-VR goggles and pre, right, just at the very, very beginning of mobile. So mobile wasn't really um, capable of, of being a part of this, right? There wasn't enough bandwidth. There wasn't enough CPU and mobile, but, um, you know, gaming consoles and so forth. And we tried to represent uh, worlds that didn't necessarily have to be exactly like the physical world. They could be in some cases. Um, you could create completely different representations of what a you know universe or a metaverse looked like at that time. And it was really interesting to sort of watch uh, the interaction that that human people had with this digital reality. So, you know, just to put it in context, We've been trying to do this metaverse thing. We, the collective internet, have been trying to do this for, you know, at least 15 plus years um, because the technology just began around that time. And I'm going to kind of come back to that and some of the things that happened there. But, you know, I wanted to kind of establish some what was 102030, why are these things happening? You know, we always start these new trends with this idea of everything's a greenfield. And so what you're going to hear a lot of in this sort of talk around metaverse and, and Web3 is the the early discussion is going to be this is a thing for the youth. This is a thing being driven by young people, right? Sort of the the Gen Z sort of thing, right? The millennials are the olds in this space. Uh, those of you that are even older millennial, you're the really olds in this space. But it's it's going to be driven, at least initially, and, and again, this always happens in new trends and, and new breakthroughs and whether or not this happens or not, um, by those who are very native to this new space and um, don't have an identity, don't have a restriction, don't have an obligation to the thing that came before them, right? So hence, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about, well, you know, this is this is really going to be initially a thing for young people. And a lot of that makes sense because if you think about, uh, you know, any, you know, average teenager these days, um, their entire world has been uh, mobile, mobile friendly. Um, they've always been connected. Um, they may or may not have been uh, you know, identity driven, right? Like their representation may not have always been uh, John Doe or Jane Smith or whatever. It may have been an avatar. Um, they're used to lots of communication going on. And they're used to this idea that their identity online is as important, if not more important than maybe sometimes their their identity, their personality in real life. And you can argue whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But the byproduct of that is they're very used to this idea of I go into some other space that's entirely digital on the web. It could be, again, a Roblox, a Fortnite. It could be Snapchat. It could be whatever, um, Instagram, Instagram stories, blah, blah, blah. 
And, uh, you know, they're used to transactions within that world. They're used to, uh, you know, buying goods, if you will, or representations of goods um, with uh, currencies that are embedded in that world, right? So whether that's a cryptocurrency or just, you know, Roblox bucks or whatever it might be. So, you know, the the initial people who are living in this world um, or, or kind of starting this thing, maybe don't necessarily know any better, right? And that's very, we're very used to that sort of idea. It's the same sort of thing that happened with cloud computing, right? The initial sort of cloud computing users were uh, oftentimes those startups who were like, look, I don't have an IT organization, right? Like we can't, aff- no, we can't afford an IT organization. We can only afford to build the business and the business is going to be all online. It's going to be in the cloud. So so that analogy sort of works, right? We've seen that that thing before. Um, you know, the second thing is we will we will begin to see uh, people who go, okay, uh, this is going to be a new paradigm shift, you know, very likely, whether or not it will be all inclusive, like previous versions of the internet or not, we'll see. Um, and they will go, hey, I would like to make money on that, right? Sort of the adults in the room, if you will. Um, and the adults in the room, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean they have a better perspective. It just means their perspective is going to be, how do we monetize this? How do we make money on this? And so you're already going to begin to see kind of a subculture of people who will become consultants for these things uh, and try and go, hey, we're going to make this for the internet, or we're going to help brands come into the metaverse. Um, There's a very interesting Bloomberg podcast that's now out there that sort of talks about this. And the very first uh, episode is a consultant talking about this stuff. And I'll kind of get into (laughs) some of the red flags you can look for in these environments. The second thing I'll sort of point out in terms of this metaverse stuff is you know, as as with all things uh, on the internet, um, you know, we have this, we tend to start off with these utopia sort of visions of, um, you know, this stuff will be great for everybody. Um, people, everybody will have a chance to build it. And what that typically means we're thinking is that, oh, hopefully there will be, you know, one metaverse, right? So sort of like when we think about the internet, you know, there's the internet. And when the internet first got started, or even, you know, the cloud got first got started, there was sort of one, and and the standards could be built around that one. Now, the internet has um, mostly stayed as one internet. Um, granted, there are certain places in the world that have sort of the restricted versions of the internet, like China and others. Um, but other things, um, like the cloud, has become a little more fragmented. And what I would expect to see in the metaverse space, and I'm not the first to say this, um, folks like Ben Thompson and Matthew Ball and lots of really smart folks that follow this, their take is more, I expect that we'll see lots of metaverses, right? And and that probably makes sense, right? It's um, We won't necessarily see just one immersive world since different people, since you know it's immersive uh, and, and, and digital, you can create whatever you want. And there will be factions of groups and subgroups and um, you know, niches and clicks and all sorts of things that will want to create their thing, right? So, you know, there will be gaming-centric ones, there will be uh, community-centric things, um, you know, there will be big companies doing it like Facebook or Microsoft or, you know, whoever. Um, you can imagine Apple and a Google and, and others and things like that. Um, and there will be a lot of demand for open standards, and there will be a lot of fighting between companies who, you know, build these metaverses because they'll argue on one hand, yes, we want to support open standards because that will bring more people into their metaverse. And on the other hand, they will say, well, you know, we're not a nonprofit. We are a commercial entity. We want to be able to monetize the interactions that people have, just like we've seen in every other medium and other, every other communication mechanism, whether it's been newspapers or TV or internet or whatever it's been. Um, and, and you will see them build their own standards for certain things. So, 
you know, I think we will see very much the, the historical things that we've seen before, which is, um, you know, we will see lots of things get started. We will see uh, some consolidation over time. We'll see some, you know, some winners, some lots of losers, uh, as we, we've always seen. Um, we will see some standards, um, some interoperability between VR goggles, between different worlds, uh, you know, digital currencies, digital things. But, you know, we'll also see the things that we're seeing in the world today, which is, um, you know, there is no one crypto standard. Um, yes, there's quote unquote blockchain under the covers, but there's, you know, there's lots of crypto standards. There's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum, there's Solana, there's hundreds of coins and, and all those sort of things. So we'll see that happening. Um, the other thing is, I think we will uh, very much, as we've seen in the past, we will see consumer metaverses, if you will, and we will see sort of uh, enterprise or business ones. And we'll see, you know, and if you listen to some of even the earlier podcasts that are specific to this, you see some of the trends that we saw, you know, 15 years ago where it start they start off as sort of consumer feeling things. So it could be, again, I'll just keep saying Roblox and Fortnite because they're very well-known sort of gaming platforms. There will be others. And you will see people go, oh, well, I need to bring my brand. So if I'm Nike or if I'm Gucci or if I'm, what you know, Ferrari or Ford or whatever, I need to bring my brand to that thing, right? So there, there will be the, I should bring my business to the consumer space and, and that sort of thing will happen. And then you will see companies go, oh, we think, you know, our, our employees could interact better through a metaverse. We think our employees interacting with our customers could work better through a metaverse. And you will see companies uh, like Microsoft and probably hundreds of others who will go, hey, we should be part of that metaverse-y sort of thing for business, right? So I think you can very much expect to see kind of a bifurcation between that. You will see lots of young people who come into the workforce who have, you know, grown up in one of these consumer uh, metaverses then have to adapt to uh, the workforce metaverse. Um, we've seen this you know, with people going, hey, I love Slack, but I have to use Teams or I love Discord, but I have to use, you know, whatever. I, like I like Zoom, but then my, at work we have to use WebEx. You'll see all those analogies sort of happen because uh, we're already starting to see the same patterns repeat itself from the early sort of adopters and early uh, evangelists and so forth, um, you know, around the metaverse. Now, what starts to get really, really interesting uh, as we talk about these metaverses is sort of this weird thing that happens between what am I representing, right? Am I representing uh, a distraction? So something like gaming or, uh, you know, I don't know, interacting with a community that you really like, or am I representing it as something that, that you don't think of as a distraction or a hobby, but something that you treat as uh, a job, all right, something that, that, that you know, helps you uh, sustain yourself, right? Helps you make money and so forth. And the, the line between those things is, is very hard to manage. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. So like when we did this uh, back 15 years ago, we did it both uh, in the sort of second life world. And we also did it in some um, sort of enterprise-y, what we called immersive technology types of things. And one of the things that we tried to do was hold events. Uh, so think of like AWS re-event being held in the metaverse, right? And at the time, people thought, well, this is this is an awesome idea. Like we're going to be able to, you know, we're not going to have limitations on the number of people that can come to our event, right? We're not going to be bound by uh, conference halls and travel and all that stuff. And, and all those things seemed very cool. And then it became, okay, uh, let, let's say, for example, you know, back in the day uh, when I worked at Cisco, it was we want to have John Chambers, who's the CEO, represented in the metaverse or in this world uh, to give the keynote. So imagine the same thing as Andy Jassy or Satya Nadella giving the keynote in a, in a metaverse thing. 
And then you start to run into some, you know, very interesting things, which is, well, how do I represent that person, right? Right. Or that, 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 that thing. Do I represent them as an avatar that looks sort of like the person? Do I represent them as a virtual screen that has the actual person being broadcast through the screen? And you'd be amazed at, you know, how much, once you start to sort of really get into, um, you know, sort of serious people in these worlds that they're not necessarily used to, where you have corporate people start to go, well, here's how we represent our company. Um, and we don't represent our company as an avatar. We represent ourselves as real people. You really start to get into these very, um, you know, psychological, uh, human emotion things as to how do you represent these in a digital world. And and this is where you start to run into some conflict. And, and this is where, you know, I'll sort of point out, I expect that while people, you know, kids, like I mentioned, love a Roblox or a Fortnite or whatever, because that's the only world they've lived in. They've never really had to represent themselves in any other way. When you start to bring in the olds, if you will, and the olds, uh, for those of you could be anywhere from, you know, 21 to 61 or whatever it is in between, um, that's where you start to get into these sort of psychological things, right? How do I represent you know, a space where we're going to meet? Where do we represent data? How do we do that, right? Um, you know, you start to get into things like, we'll talk about, you know, crypto, and we're actually going to do a number of shows about some of the aspects of crypto and Web3 and, and all these things uh, in January and February as, as we go forward. Um, but, you know, you're going to start to have people talk about, you know, uh, transactions. And there was a really interesting uh, thing I saw on the web this week. Um, and I've been trying to learn more about this. Aaron's really been digging into it a lot. So hopefully we have some better insights. As people have to transition and the world is different from one place to the other. So for example, if, uh, you know, you buy something online these days, uh, and you decide you don't like it, well, you typically can just send it back and maybe you pay for shipping, but the cost of sending it back is not that high, right? And at least in your mind, you're like, oh, that was a transaction that doesn't cost anything. And I'm going to ship it back. And yes, I have to pay for UPS. So that's six or $7 or whatever. And there was a really interesting tweet and I'll put it, I'll try and put it in the show notes from, uh, uh, from a woman on the internet, um, very well-known um, uh, sort of technology evangelist, very, very smart. And she said, hey, I'm starting to experiment with the crypto stuff. I'm trying to figure it out. And I made a mistake. Somewhere in there, I clicked the wrong button. I made a mistake. And I tried to basically reverse it. And I had made about a 30 or $40 mistake. And the cost, <clears throat> the cost of reversing my mistake, if you will, or reversing her mistake, as you will, cost her like the same equivalent amount. And they called that a gas uh, gas fee or gas money, if you will. And so what's going to be really interesting is for those non-native people to, to sort of unwind their brain or make comparisons between these things that just aren't native to them. And crypto probably will be at the center of those conversations, like what all the crypto terms mean and all the variations in crypto. Because again, you know, if you've grown up around a certain economic model or certain way of thinking about currency or value of money or all those things... And you you now represent that in this completely different way that you're constantly asking yourself like what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? Um, it's it's going to take a while. And not that we don't learn all the time in technology, and that's really important to be able to learn how to learn, as we've talked about a million times. But you know all the psychological things that go along with unwinding your brain around things that you've been dealing with for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, um, dealing with this sort of human psycholo- psychology of is it physical me? Is it digital me? Um, am I Brian Gracely? Am I Brian Gracely's avatar? Am I some username that's not Brian Gracely, but 
behind the scenes represents Brian Gracely. All those sort of things are just the most basic things that you you know you have to sort of think through. And there's lots and lots of examples like this um, that again within the metaverse. Once you start making it part of what feels like your real life as opposed to your distraction life. Um, and my apologies to anybody who's a professional gamer, but you know, your, your gamer life oftentimes is sort of your distraction life, your hobby life, whatever. Um, they get, they start to get really kind of weird and and so forth. And, and again, we lived through this 15 years ago. Granted, we didn't have VR goggles. We didn't have people that, um, you know, it was all sort of laptop based back then. It wasn't mobile. It wasn't VR. It wasn't, um, all those sort of things. But, you know, there's there's going to be a lot that goes into this that maybe we didn't have as big a learning curve. And I, I say this, you know, 20 years into Internet 2.0 or Web 2.0, there are learning curves and, and we need to be prepared for that. Um, you know, last thing, you know, last couple of things I'll have on this is, um, you know, just sort of some some red flags and some cautions from from having lived through these things before. And again, Web 3.0 might be awesome. It might be bigger than Web 2.0. And, and, and if it does cool. And it might also fail miserably. And it will probably be somewhere in between. And and here's the here's the cautions and the suggestions I'll make to you. And again, uh, you know, we're, we're calling this episode old man yells, yells at the metaverse. Um, you know, I've been around this for a while. So again, I'm, I'm not a native of this, but I'll just sort of give having seen a lot of technology trends, um, some some suggestions and some, some advice. So my, my suggestion advice is, um, as with any new technology trend, it could be metaverse, it could be Kubernetes, it could be cloud, public cloud, whatever it, whatever it was. It was very different than what came before. And with difference comes opportunity. Uh, it can be really exciting. Sometimes we just love new technologies. But be a little bit cautious um, when you know the people who are talking about this talk very, very fast. And I don't mean that in the context of like, hey, you know, you're from North Carolina. You're just kind of a redneck. And those New York City people talk fast. City people talk fast. No, no, no. I mean, y- you know what I mean? In terms of people who talk very fast to sort of mask, I don't really know what I'm doing. And they sort of want to always tell you, um, you don't, you just don't understand, right? So, oh, you, you can't grasp this. You just don't understand it. And you go, cool. I don't understand. Please explain it to me. And, and they continue to talk really fast. And they tell you, you just don't understand. You just have to live in it. You need to be authentic. So be a little cautious when you hear that. And, and that might just be you haven't asked enough questions. You haven't done enough homework. Um, you haven't had a chance to experience it, right? Um, but it can also mean the same folks that are on the other end of that talking fast and telling you you don't understand it don't really understand it either. They're just sort of trying to be, uh, you know, take advantage of, of the newness of the situation. So be a little cautious of that. We've seen that in lots of things. Um, you know, ultimately, these things tend to shake themselves out, but there's always uh, some very, very early people who you go, I hear you talking. I hear you talking very loudly. I hear you talking very quickly. And you take up all the oxygen in the room, but you never answer my questions. And and that might be perfectly fine because, you know, sometimes things are so new and the context of the questions are rooted in the past. And sometimes that's hard to relate them to. And sometimes they're just, well, we don't know because we've never hit that situation before. We've never hit that limitation. We've never run into that scenario. So, you know, but just be be cautious, ask questions, you know, build your own mental model of like, how do I figure this stuff out? Does it make sense for me? Um, and, and the other piece I'll say is, the, you know, back in the day, if you will, um, five years, 10 years, 20 years ago, 
you know, sometimes you would see these things and in order to be able to play in the game, in order to be able to get involved, you needed to make a pretty big commitment. You needed to spend a lot of money and you needed to make some very binary, do I get in, do I not get in decisions? Um, nowadays, you know, for the most part, there's a lot of different economics. There are a lot of great ways for you to experiment. And I highly recommend, as we do with lots of new technologies, go experiment. And you can experiment these days for, in some cases, $0, $100, $200, $500, right? Stuff that's not going to break the bank, stuff that's not going to, uh, you know, make you miss a house payment or a car payment or, a, you know, college tuition payment or whatever it is. Um, but experiment, right? Like get yourself into the mud a little bit, get yourself, you know, knee deep in the water, you know, put your toes in the pool, if you will, um, and experiment, right? Figure out if this stuff makes any sense, right? Um, read online. There are a ton of places online. Um, look for the things that seem a little less bias, right? Um, but you know, you'll, you'll figure out what those are. Ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, be curious, uh, as, as Aaron and I have always said, the, the one thing that we, we, we are is, is we're curious, we're technology curious. And, and that doesn't mean you have to buy into anything. It doesn't mean that you won't feel stupid at times, but, but ask questions, right? And don't be afraid to ask dumb questions. Don't be afraid to send somebody a DM because you're afraid to, to ask in public. And the last thing I'll say is, is as you're doing your research, as you're experimenting, as you're playing around with stuff, as you're trying to figure out if it makes any sense for you, as you're asking peers or you're going to a new meetup to see what, what does this stuff mean, um, do your research with problems in mind, right? Don't do your research necessarily with like, oh, you know, is there a lot of VC funding in this? Because you know what? There is a lot of VC funding in this, right? The VCs right now are trying to, you know, they're they're the the miners out going out into San Francisco looking for gold, um, and they don't want to miss out on the next opportunity. Well, you know, Web three might be a 2021, 2022 phenomenon. It might be a 2025 phenomenon. It might be a 2030 phenomenon. We don't know yet, right? Um, you know, the crypto piece. Uh, again, you have to decouple a little bit because um, there's been so much frothiness and a lot of people have made a lot of money and people have lost money and so forth. Um, but, you know, do your research with with problems in mind, right? Think about it in terms of what stuff have I not been able to do? What What's sort of always been naggling in the back of your mind of like, man, it'd be cool if we could do that. Or my business, you know, has never been able to do this because of whatever, right? Start with a problem in mind. And then sort of sometimes use that as a lens, right? You don't have to necessarily use it as the only lens, but, you know, be very cautious about going into this with just like, is there a lot of hype? Did a lot of people show up at the trade show? Is there a lot of VC funding? Is there a lot of hashtags or, you know, floating around Twitter? Does the most famous influencer have a million followers or are there, you know, 30 podcasts about this? Um, you know, just be cautious. And I, and I don't say that... Um, because, you know, I'm an old man yelling at the metaverse. I'm saying that just, you know, historically, um, there's always a hype cycle. There's always uh, a kind of a questioning cycle of things. And and we're still very much in the hype cycle. Now, the good news is there's been a lot of foundational technologies that these things have been built upon, right? The cloud is there. Mobile is there. AR and VR in terms of miniaturization of you know, the devices that we use is there. Um, video is there. You know, the ability to do mass customization uh, for gaming and, and other things are there. Um, you know, the foundation of these crypto-based 
distributed, um, decentralized um, sort of currencies or holders of value are there, right? Are they the right things right now? I don't know. We'll see, right? Like they keep evolving. But um, so anyways, I've talked for a long time. Uh, I've tried to make this not too much old man yelling at the cloud. I've tried to make this not too much, um, you know, don't believe the hype kind of thing. But, um, you know, I think it's important as you're diving into this, because usually the folks who listen to this show are diving in not because they're looking to make a cheap buck. Uh, if you're looking to make a cheap buck or a fast buck, there are 20 or 30 crypto podcasts out there. Jump on that, figure out which coin to buy into for the next month, whatever. Um, but they tend to turn into the show because they want to know where should they go with their career? What should they try and do to improve their business? What should they do? What places should they spend their time to learn because their time is valuable? And hopefully this gives you a little bit of kind of just perspective from folks who've lived through these trends, have seen sort of the earlier versions of this, um, what kind of worked well, what didn't work well. Um, but we do, you know, even even Aaron and I personally uh, want to learn more about this. And so you will see us having some shows, uh, probably January, February, March timeframe, kind of diving into a lot of these aspects. We're going to go find some folks that have been really uh, living in this space and, uh, you know, try and give you some more real insights um, and, and some things that uh, may apply to your business, your career, your learning path, whatever that might be going forward. So anyways, hope everybody has a great holiday, uh, whether it's the Thanksgiving holiday, um, Hanukkah, uh, um, uh, Kwanzaa, you know, Christmas, all the holidays that are coming up, uh, wherever you might be, hopefully you get a chance to spend some time with your family, your friends, um, you get a chance to unwind a little bit, um, year end and, um, hopefully, you know, enjoy some of the, the, the seasons changing, uh, wherever you live in the world. So thanks everybody for listening to the show. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks as always for telling a friend, uh, we keep growing the show. Um, thanks for, you know, growing your community. Thanks for giving us feedback in all the places you get uh, podcasts. Those of you that gives us a five star, we really appreciate it. And those of you that send us, uh, you know, feedback and, and questions and so forth for show at the cloudcast.net, or you reach out to us on LinkedIn. We really appreciate that too. And anything we can do to help you, we will uh, be happy to, to do our best to, to try and uh, answer questions and, and help out the community. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the cloudcast. Please visit the cloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 